Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Kings. We read the first two verses of chapter 22 in the end of the last podcast, which introduced the kingdom of the king Yoshiahu, or Josiah. Yoshiahu is a, on the one hand, a very... Uh, encouraging and wonderful story of a king who really, really tried to set things on the path. But one also cannot avoid the terrible tragedy of the fact that the sense that we get from the verses is of too little, too late. The path of destruction has already been set. At this point in history, the Assyrian Empire's might is... is um, is waning because of the ascendancy of Babylon. Babylon has now conquered the uh, the Assyrians and has um, subdued them. And soon the Babylonians are going to start their march of empire building, which inevitably will engulf Jerusalem. At this point in history, the... Um, Assyrians were not yet completely subdued. They had been defeated in battle, but they had an alliance with the Egyptians, and this is going to be important, not in today's podcast, but soon when we learn of the <coughs> death of Josiah of Yoshiao. Assyria, in an attempt to um, uh, counter Babylon, in an attempt to stay relevant, they tried to, they built an alliance with Egypt in the hope that between Assyria and Egypt, they can defeat the Babylonians. The, um, this, this battle uh, that the Egyptians and their Assyrian allies fought against the Babylonians is known as the Battle of Carchemish, which is well documented in historical sources. It's considered a pivotal battle in the history of Western civilization. And it was the battle in which Nebuchadnezzar, the king <coughs> Nebuchadnezzar II, <coughs> uh, defeated decisively the Egyptian and Assyrian army at Carchemish. And it will be relevant soon as we uh, <coughs> approach the story of the tragic end of the career of Yoshiao, of Josiah. But... <laughs> At this point, <coughs> while all of this is going on in the world around, the other nations, such as Judah and the smaller nations, were, were not in the crosshairs of these battles yet, although, they, of course, were going to be very soon. And at this time, um, Judah had a little bit of a respite, and Yoshiahu became becomes king. And as we said in the last... Uh, the two verses of the previous podcast, Yoshiahu was faithful to God and he was sick and tired of the, uh, of the descent into idol worship and corruption that had taken place during his predecessors Ammon and Menashe, his father and his grandfather. And he set out dramatically to reverse that tide. Remember, of course, that he became king as a young boy as a young boy, he probably did not have much power to do anything. But as he got older, 
We'll see Vayhi Bishmona Esrei Shana Lamelech Yoshiahu. It was in the 18th year of the King Yoshiahu. So as he's coming into his own, he begins to realize that the proper path to success, you know, he sees the writing on the wall, he sees nations around him gathering power, he knows what's coming. How can we regain the so the glory days, the days of Uziyahu, who was a powerful king during the, at least in the beginning of his career, the days of of <coughs> of course King Solomon. How can we rebuild the strength of Judah? The only way to do it is to be faithful to God and to stop worshiping these idols. Now, I made this point several times, but it's important to remember that in the book of Kings, the focus is always on the worship of idols. The contemporaneous prophets who were prophesying at the same time, we studied their works both in when we studied Isaiah and now Jeremiah, who's the prophet at the time of Josiah, the chapters that we're reading now, <coughs> and the other prophets, the, the 12 minor prophets, Hosea, Amos, Micah, all of those prophets who were prophesying at, during these times, they made the connection between idol worship and, and uh, social corruption, social uh, 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 discontent, uh, you know, social inequity. Um, those were the, they, they drew that connection. We don't find that emphasized that much in the Book of Kings, but it's it's an underlying background that's important to keep in mind. So, in the 18th year of the King Yoshiyahu, Sholach Hamelach et Shafon ben Atzaliyahu ben Meshulam Asofer Beit Adonai Lemar. The king sent Shafan who was his scribe, to the temple with the following message. <coughs> the temple at this time <coughs> has, <coughs> remember, has been defiled by Menashe and Ammon. There, are, there were um, foreign, uh, uh, the gods, uh, I'm sorry, gods, uh, the, the, the altars to God and the uh, instruments of the temple worship would, were in many cases pushed to the side, replaced with idols and images of idols and so on. And as we'll see uh, now, Yoshiao had spent a lot of effort to clean it up, to get rid of all of that, and to rededicate the temple to God alone. And, we, and after all of that, that work and that change, it needed to be fixed up. So go to Chilkiyohu, who is the high priest, and quantify how much money how much money has been brought in donations to the house of God. Those which the keepers of the of the door, in other words, as people come, they bring their donations. Those people collect it. Find out how much they collected from the people. And use that money to pay those that have been doing all the work. Right who are appointed to fix up the house of God, because a lot of fixing needed to be done after the neglect that it had suffered during the, those terrible years. And give that money as payment to the workers. To those who were carpenters, and to the builders, and the, the bricklayers, uh, those that you know built walls, and also to buy wood, and 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 hewn stones, in order to strengthen the building. However, um, uh, uh, do not um, 
uh, account with them, right? In other words, uh, you know, haggle with them over how much money they deserve for their work. They're trustworthy workers and they worked in a trustworthy way. So just pay them as as uh, as they deserve. And Chilkiyo, the Kohen Gadol, when Shafan the Sofer came to the the um, to the house of God, came to the temple, Chilkiyo, the high priest, says to Shafan, an astounding piece of news, that as they were doing the work, it's somewhere within the uh, the building hidden in a corner somewhere, within a wall, depending, there's different traditions. Uh, one major tradition of Chazal is that it was found within a wall. They found Sefer HaTorah, the book of the Torah, Matsasi Beves Adonai. I found it in the house of God. And Chilkiah gave this book to Shafan and he read it. Now exactly what this was is, is not made clear. The simple meaning understood is that it is the book of the Torah, which is understood to mean a, a what we now would call a Sefer Torah, the five books of Moses written in a scroll form, um, and that they found the Sefer Torah. Some understand this to be that they found the original Sefer Torah that was written by Moses himself. Others understand that this Sefer HaTorah is a scroll within which part of the Torah was written, uh, um, uh, others understand this might have been within which the parts of the Torah that are read at Hakel, when the king gathers is supposed to gather the people and and read to them on on, on the holiday of Sukkot, uh, that that the um, that was the parts of the Torah that was found, but uh, re, 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 but it's not made clear. But let's just go with the assumption and the tradition that this was the Sefer HaTorah, and, and just be uh, aware. And I, I just want you to. No, this, this is actually the origin of many of the biblical critical scholars, this goes back to the early 1800s, uh, used this as a, as a hint within the scripture that, that, the safe, that the Torah as we know it today, or the Pentateuch, the, uh, the five books of Moses, were not really as ancient as religious people, as the religious tradition claims them to be, but this was something that was uh, originated in this time, in some around the seventh century BCE, which is around this time of Yoshiahu. And this is a hint that it was something that was uh, rewritten now. In other words, the whole idea of a, a of a uh, what they would call the temple cult, right? Um, that revolved around the only temple of God, and so on. That this is something that's only found here. Obviously, this doesn't jive with. With tradition, and there's huge amount of uh, of 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 uh, theological and archaeological and biblical critical debates about this, which I'm not going to um, go into here because here we are learning this text, the text of the Book of Kings. But I do want you to understand that this is something that you should be aware of, and if you're interested in reading more about it, then please go right ahead. But right now we are studying this book. So let's read what the Book of Kings has to tell us. And that is that they found the Sefer HaTorah. Vayavo Shafan, and, and, and the, the connotation is that the Sefer HaTorah is something that was ancient, but they found it. In other words, over all of those years, those 50-some-odd years of Menashe's rule and the years of Ammon's rule and the first bunch of years of Yoshiahu's rule until now, the first 16 years, which is approximately 70 years, right, 
of people worshiping idols and and completely abandoning the faith of the one true God, right? That's generations, that's at least three, maybe four generations of families that had completely, completely neglected um, maybe small pockets of people, the, the schools of the prophets, etc., kept up the knowledge of Torah, but among the people in general, it was gone. So we found the Sefer Torah, and Shafan the Sofer came to the king, <coughs> and he returned the message to the king. The king expected him to come back and say, yeah, we paid, uh, uh, this is the amount of money, we got a million dollars, and we paid off all these workers and so on. Bayomer. But he comes back to the king with this news of the Sefer HaTorah. And he said, He started off by saying, <coughs> They have counted up and totaled all of the money that was found. And they gave it to the workers. <coughs> the workers are paid. Don't worry about it. However, something even more astounding happened. And Shafan the Sofer said to the king as follows, Sefer nosan li Chilkiyakohen, in addition, gave me this book, gave me this scroll. Vayikra'eu Shafan lefnei HaMelech, and Shafan the scribe read the scroll to the king. Vayehi kishmoa HaMelech has devei Sefer HaTorah, and when the king Yoshiyahu heard the words of the book of the Torah, Vayikra Esbegadov, and he tore his garments. Vayitzav, he just he was just astounded by what he had heard. Exactly what had he heard? Tradition has it that he heard the words of the Tochacha, the words of the rebuke, in which God says, if you don't keep my words, if you don't follow my path, you will be punished. But assumably he also heard the words that if you do, then you will be rewarded. Which is important to understand Yoshio's mindset at this time. So Vayitzav HaMelech et the king immediately commanded Chilkiah, the high priest, Vietachikam ben Shafan, Vietachbor ben Michaya, these are many of his close advisors, Viet Shafan Asofer, and the scribe Shafan, Viet Asoya, Ever Hamelach Lemar, and Asoya, the servant of the king, as follows Lechu, Dirshu et Adonai Ba'adi, go and search out the word of God on my behalf, Uva'ad Ha'am, and on behalf of the nation, Uva'ad Kol Yudah, on behalf of all of Judah. Al divrei hasefer anim regarding these words, the words that are written in this scroll, ki gedolach hamata adonai, because the anger of God is great. Asher he nitzesavanu, that uh, that anger has been lit up, has been fired up against us. Al asher lo shamu avosenu al divrei hasefer azeh, because our forefathers. In other words, his predecessors, Menashe and Ammon and all of the people that followed them in their evil way did not listen to this, the words that are written in this scroll. Lasos to do, Kichol HaKosov understood that the actions had to reflect what God had wanted of them. Um, so the, this is, is a good stopping point where, where we see how, how Yoshiahu uh, was, was aroused to to do something about it, to fix it. <coughs> but interestingly, he was aroused in such a manner that he realized that if we continue on this path of evil, evil will befall us, God's wrath will be kindled against us. But with also the understanding that if we do the right thing, if we fix it, things will be good. So now he has a path. He has a path to save Judah from the 
suffering which he sees on the horizons brewing. He knew of the tremendous upheavals going on in the world scene, and he knew that Judah is going to have challenges coming down the pike. The best way to deal with them is with the spiritual awakening. We're going to stop here, um, uh, and we will continue and read about the religious awakening in the next podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you all have a wonderful day.